And so this morning I do have a special message uh, entitled, Too Busy for Jesus. Too Busy for Jesus. And uh, you can follow along on the app. I believe the notes should be on the app. Uh, And if not, then uh, certainly we'll follow along together this morning. And what a beautiful day we have, amen, to come together to worship the Lord and be encouraged by other believers and be encouraged by God's presence this morning. So would you join me as we pray this morning for the message and pray for our kids that are also being ministered to this morning, that they would receive God's word also. Father, we just bless you and we thank you today, my God, and we worship you. We thank you for this, the opportunity that we have to come together to honor you, to sing to you, to sing about you, Father, to be able to remember and recall your many blessings in our life. Lord, and today I just pray that you would speak to our hearts as we hear from you, my God. I believe this is a word for us today. And I pray that our hearts would be open to what you have, my God, and that your name would be honored, that your name would be praised through it all. Anoint me as I speak. Anoint us as we hear from you, my God, as we hear straight from your heart today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, the days leading up to Christmas are often some of the most hectic days of the year and we we get so busy and stressed with all the activities and preparations for Christmas that it's it's possible it's possible that we could actually miss the most important element of Christmas which is Jesus it's possible we we can we can miss it. You know, I, I always chuckle. I was telling my wife, I, I, I chuckle when during, not Christmas, but Easter season, uh, on social media, when so many people, hey, we're at the lake. Happy Easter, everybody. I'm thinking, you know, I'm not against going out to the lake, by the way. But I'm thinking, have you been in God's house? Because Easter's about the resurrection of Jesus, you know. And so many people missed the point. And Christmas, it's, it's possible we, that we could actually miss the most important element of Christmas, which is Jesus. Now, there's no guarantee that just because you and I celebrate our personal and family Christmas traditions, whatever they are, and if we check everything off the list of things we have to do to get ready for our celebration, that we won't actually miss Christmas. So one of my main points this morning is this. A Merry Christmas only happens when we really experience Jesus in our lives. A Merry Christmas only happens when when you and I really experience Jesus in our lives. Now Luke chapter 10 is our text this morning. Luke chapter 10 beginning with verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister 
named called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening at what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So here's what happened to Martha. She had Jesus in her home, and he was speaking words of life to her and to her family. Yet the Bible says that she was so distracted with her preparations for a meal that really Jesus didn't even need, by the way. But she was distracted for a meal that she didn't stop to listen to him. She was too busy for Jesus. She was too busy for Jesus. During this Christmas season, it's extremely easy to get distracted from the things that we should be focusing on. We can get so busy preparing for Christmas that we lose our way. We lose our focus. Have you ever been too busy for Jesus? Have you ever been too busy for Jesus? Are you too busy for him right now? Are you too busy for Jesus even right now? Now, let me tell you something that Martha should have learned. Martha should have learned this. She complained to Jesus that Mary wasn't helping her with the preparations. Now, Jesus isn't against household work, by the way. You know, He's not against us keeping a tidy house or anything, by the way. But she complained to Jesus that Mary wasn't helping her with the preparations. Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, he said. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Because from this, Martha should have learned this lesson. That busy is not better. Busy is not better. Experiencing Jesus is better. Because sometimes we think, oh, I'm so busy. Like Pastor says, it's almost like a badge of honor. I'm busy. Well, I'm busier. You know, it's almost like a competition. I'm busy. I've got so many things to do. And it, it's almost like we want people to think, wow, they must be really important because they're so busy. Wow. I'm so busy. But busy isn't. Better is not better. Experiencing Jesus is better. Listening to his, uh, to his words of life is better. Being still before God is better. Stopping the, this mad cycle of busyness is better. Listen, we go crazy. Do we not? We go crazy. Going back and forth, running around like mad people trying to get things accomplished. 
Slowing down is better. But busy is not better. Busy is not better. So here's a pattern of, here's a pattern of busyness that sometimes is all too familiar for many of us. Here's a pattern. Hang tight. Go with me. It begins with good intentions, right? It begins with good intentions. That's where busyness begins, with good intentions. Martha wasn't evil. She, she wasn't evil. I mean, she was running around trying to get a meal together. You know, Martha had, had Jesus as a guest. She had other guests. You know, she was offering her home. She wasn't evil. She had the right heart. She had good intentions. She opens up her home to Jesus. She was the original Martha Stewart here. She just wanted to serve. She just wanted to serve. She, she wasn't evil. She had good intentions. See, a lot of us here, we began with good intentions, did we not? You had good intentions for your kids. You, you really did. You, you want them to... You know, to uh, be involved in a sport. And, and I'm a sports guy. I love sports. And I get it. I do. But then you, you add a sport. And then you add another sport. And then you add a third sport. And then you're running around like a mad person trying to get your kid to one practice, to another practice, to this practice. But it, it was, it's good intention. You, you, you had good intentions for your career. It's, it was a good intention. You had good intentions for your ministry or your service. You had good intentions to provide for your family. It was, it was good. You, you, it, it wasn't an evil intention. It, it was a good intention. The good intentions got the ball of activity rolling. And somewhere, somehow, something got lost. And the, set, and, and the second thing happened. Distraction moved in. It starts off as a good intention, but somewhere along the way, it becomes a distraction. You are derailed by distractions. That's what happened to Martha. Luke said, the Bible says she was distracted. She was distracted. You know, when you're derailed by distractions, this is what happens. Distractions can appear as priorities. And priorities can seem like distractions. When you're derailed by distractions, distractions can appear as priorities. And priorities can seem like distractions. And staying focused on what's really important becomes very difficult to do. Would you agree? Because we've all been there. We've all been there. Then after you've been, after you're uh, derailed by distractions, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Pressure and pity arrive. Sometime together. This is where you begin to have a little pity party for yourself. Because Martha in verse 40 says, Lord, don't you care? 
I mean, don't you care, Lord, that, that I'm trying to, you know, put together a meal and my sister won't help me? I mean, God, really, Lord, you don't care? We're not told in the text that that, w- that was what was a boiling point for Martha. We don't know what pushed her over the edge. But whatever it was, it caused her to snap. It caused her to snap. Now, none, this has never happened to anybody in this room, I'm sure. No, none of us have ever snapped, right? Not. Truthfully, it, it, it probably wasn't something big. And that's usually the case. Something small can push us over the edge, right? When, we're, when we've been derailed by distractions, when we're too busy for Jesus, something just pushes us over the edge. And Martha says, Lord, don't you, don't you care, Jesus? You, don't, you, don't you care? So pressure enters and then pity comes. We've done this. You know what this is like. You know what this is like. We may say things like, well, my spouse doesn't understand the pressure I feel like to get the clean or to get the house clean and take care of the kids. No one understands me. My spouse doesn't feel the pressure I feel to provide, perhaps. My parents don't understand the pressure I feel in school. Perhaps your kids have said that or at one point will say that to you. My friends don't understand the pressure I feel to pay the bills. My boss doesn't understand the pressure I feel when he adds more work to my work or to my job description. No one understands how hard it is to be me. No one understands. No one understands me. That's pity. Then after pressure and pity show up, guess what's right around the corner? We, be, we become people who are resentful. Resentment comes in. That's where busyness leads us, to resentment. In verse 40, Martha has another classic line. Verse 40, Martha says, Lord, tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. You know, if you've grown up in a family, siblings, growing up, Perhaps you've had this little discussion, you know, with your parents. Well, I do everything, and so-and-so, they don't do enough. And mom and dad, look, I did the laundry, or I did dishes, or I did this. And, and so-and-so hasn't done anything. Okay, let me talk to your brother. Let me talk to your sister. Okay, you need to help your, your sibling here, you know. And we, you know, growing up, you had those discussions if you had siblings. In verse 40, Martha's telling Jesus, tell her to help me. I can't be doing everything. You, could almost, you can almost hear the resentment in her voice, right? Jesus, almost whiny. Tell her to help me. Jesus, tell her to get a little bit more in sync with my agenda, Jesus. Because resentment is a sign of busyness. Jesus gives us the bottom line here when he says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed. So let me give you this thought. 
if we're stressed out by having too many things to do for Christmas, it's an indication that we've left out the most important thing, spending time with Jesus. If you're stressed out by having too many things to do for Christmas, it's an indication that you've left out the most important thing, spending time with Jesus. Of course, this isn't, this isn't only true at Christmas. It's true every day. You know, you, you might have a job that keeps you stressed out by the number of things you have to get done. Or maybe it's a combination of your job and your housework. It doesn't seem to give you time to catch your breath. You have so many things to do and you're running back and forth. Jesus said something interesting to Martha. He said that Mary, her sister, had chosen what was better. In other words, spending time with Jesus, even when we have a lot of things to do, is a choice we all make. We all make it. We make the choice every day to start the day with prayer and Bible reading or start the day on our own strength. We make that choice, right? We make the choice. It's, it's a choice that we make. And, and, and believe me, I know all the excuses for not spending time with Jesus daily. And if you haven't heard this, let, let me give you some. Here are some I've, that, that I've used, that I've used, okay? I've used them. And you may have used them too. First of all, there's not enough time to do everything. I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to do everything. Well, that's not true. That really isn't true. Right? That's not true. It also has another name. The name is, if there were only more hours in my day. How many times have we said that? If there were only more hours in my day. The truth is, there are just enough hours in your day as God wants for your day. God gave us hours for the day. So when we come to this feeling, I wish there was more hours in my day, there's never enough time to do everything, it might mean we're, we've mismanaged our time. But since none of us like to take the blame for mismanaging our time, right? We don't want to take the blame. I don't want to take the blame. We take a shot at God. We take God... I wish I had more hours in my day. When we say that, we're taking a shot at God. We're saying, God, it's your fault. If you only gave me more, more hours in the day, then I could get things done. We're taking a shot at God. We're saying, God, it's your fault. You know, if there was 30 hours in the day, then I could get things done. But now 24 hours in a day, God, I just don't have enough time. A second excuse we use is this. It's just, a busy, it's just a busy season right now. It's just, man, I got Christmas. I got, oh, I got to shop. I got to do this. It's just a season. But you know how seasons are. Seasons always come to an end. It's right around the corner. I can see good times. But all these projects seem to be due. There's a lot of stuff going on. Travel, different things I got to do. But when the Christmas season is over, guess what? We still continue to mismanage our time. So that's an excuse. That's an excuse. 
friend of mine just last night sent me a message, and I used to work with him years ago, and he's retired. He lives on his own here, and uh, we've been friends for years, like 30 years. I mean, message last night, hey, Benji, I was out of town. He goes, I sure would like to. We've been talking about meeting for lunch and just, you know, getting together. He says, I know it's a busy time, Christmas, so we can plan for something after the new year if that's all right with you, if you're too busy. I said, well, I, you know, I, yeah, we can, yeah, this month we'll figure out a time. I mean, I, you know, I've got time. See, sometimes there may be seasons that are busy in our lives, but busy people that choose wrong always seem to keep themselves busy with that excuse. It's busy. Busy people don't have seasons. Busy people have one season, and it's called busy. It's not the season that's busy. It's the person that's busy. We mismanage our time. A third lie is this is really important. This task, this person, this meeting, this opportunity is really important. We line these things up in front of us that are really important, and we're constantly faced with busyness. Everything is important. I got to get this thing. It's important. And then this thing is important. This thing is important. So everything is important. Jesus told us what is really important. Spending time with him. That is really important. Everything else falls in place behind that. It's spending time with Jesus is important. And everything else falls later. Other things, other things may be important. But they're not more important than spending time with Jesus. So here's the reality of the matter. Every day, every day, we make our schedules and then our schedules make us. Every day, we make our schedules and then our schedules make us. When you make out your schedule, whether it's in your head or in on paper, on a, on a digital calendar, whatever you schedule to do that day will determine what kind of day you'll have. If you make out your schedule and it doesn't include time with Jesus, you've just made yourself stressed out, angry, and impatient with others. That's what's going to happen. But if you make out your schedule and it, and it includes time with Jesus, you'll have perspective. You'll have peace. You'll have joy. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to face challenges when they come. It doesn't mean that, man, I spend time with Jesus. My day's going to go smooth. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you won't face challenges. But when they come, because they'll come, they'll come. You'll be able to draw on that strength, that divine strength, the supernatural strength that you will get because you've spent time with Jesus. That's what Jesus meant when he, when he says, Mary has chosen better and it won't be taken away from her. So this Christmas, as you face, uh, you know, a long list of things that you have to get done, and I do understand Christmas is busy. Choose better over busy. Choose 
better over busy. Make this Christmas different. Choose better over busy. And your entire family will be blessed. Plan it. Schedule it. Do it. Spending time with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus. And I, growing up, and all of us have great memories of Christmas growing up. How many of you can still remember great memories of Christmas growing up as a kid or a young person? Yeah. You know. I'd, I'd love at one point to hear some of those experiences. You know, just growing up, Christmas. Those great memories. You know, uh, and maybe you grew up not having much. I mean, we're all blessed. I mean, maybe you grew up not having much, but you didn't know you didn't have much, right, growing up? Because you thought, man, this is great. Christmas is great. But I remember Christmas growing up and uh, as a child, Christmas Eve service. Man, those four-hour-long Christmas Eve services. Now, that, that I don't miss, by the way. But back then, it was, it was, I loved it. You know, I was a little kid, and I loved it. I couldn't wait for the service to be over, you know. Go back to our house, to, to the parsonage. It was, like, so long having to wait for my dad to close up the church and everybody leave. And then we'd come eat and open gifts. Man, that was, I still remember those days. I still remember the Christmas tree we all used to have, a little silver tree, artificial tree with a light shining on it. It was, it was cool. It was, you don't see that very often anymore. It was cool. I, I loved it. Those memories growing up. Those memories growing up. I remember the songs. The songs that we used to sing. The Christmas hymns. Ven a mi corazón, oh Cristo. Remember that? Pues en él hay lugar para ti. Ven a mi corazón, oh Cristo ven, pues en él hay lugar para ti. That was a Christmas hymn. It wasn't Christmas until that hymn was sung. Church, I loved it. I loved it. The words. But there was a sense of calmness. Maybe because I was a kid, and I didn't. I didn't know. Maybe there was a lot of things going on, and you know there probably was. But there was a sense of calmness. Today, I just want us to pause. And we make the choice. We, you make the choice. I make the choice. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. I'm not going to be too busy for Jesus. I'm not going to be too busy to spend time with Jesus this Christmas season. I'm going to pause I'm going to take my time, and I'm going to start my day talking to Jesus.